Welcome to Saving UX. I'm your host, Jeremy Kriegel. Every episode, I talk to UX veterans about the challenges facing our practice and what we can do to make it better. This is the second half of my conversation with Dan Berlin, founder and principal at Watch City Research, as well as the editor and a chapter author of 97 Things Every UX Practitioner Should Know. If you missed part one, go back and listen to that. You can find it on most podcast platforms as well as at, at sucks.live. That's S-U-X for saving U-X, sucks.live. There you can also find the show notes with links to lots of the things that we talk about in our conversation. And now the conclusion of my chat with Dan Berlin. All right, so facilitation is a very specific skill. It's hard to do well. For people who are either new to research or maybe for other UX folks where research isn't the main uh, majority component of their work, how do you suggest that people get better at facilitation? Critique. Be open to critique. Just like design critique, um, people need to be open to moderation critique um, and seek critique on their moderation and be open to be open to personal change. Um, getting critique on moderation can be very tough uh, because it's it's almost like you're getting judged on your own personal traits and how you carry yourself. But it comes back to that acting thing. Is in the, in situ, you need to carry yourself in a certain way, and that's expected. And so, if you can get critique from your mentors or coworkers or even the client of what they expected, that goes a long way to gather um, client expectations and coworker expectations. Um, so you you learn um, over time what you can do and what you can do through can't do through that critique. What what does a critique look like? Is it uh, for for this? Type um, of work? You, you could have probed here. Uh, these were some opportunities for probing. Here are some trigger words to listen for, uh, for probing. Um, you do have a lot of ums and ahs uh, that can be very distracting to participants. Uh, just like in presenting, uh, you want to get rid of those ums and ahs. Uh, what else? I'm, here I am now thinking about my ahs. <laughs> no, I'm being self-conscious myself. Uh, other critiques. Um, not asking leading questions, not asking yes, no questions, right? Not allowing people to get away with a one word answer. I mentioned that earlier. That's, you know, some, you, if someone says yes, why? You know, be, be asking why all the time. It's basically reminders of that, of reminders to be asking why multiple times and uh, keeping the, the participant on track. That's actually my kryptonite um, for uh, uh, talkative participants, right? There are ways to guide them back. Um, and so um, getting critique on on that. Uh, what are some good ways? You know, oh, that's very interesting that you're saying that, but uh, I want to guide the conversation back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, things that you have in your arsenal of um, phrases that you say to keep things on track and to keep things going. Uh, your introduction spiel. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at the, at the website, not you and, and that sort of thing. So these are all things that, again, over time, they become uh, more natural to you uh, in your acting in situ. And, uh, and that's just it. You want it to become natural. You want this to be a conversation. Uh, you don't want to be all stiff in there. That's another critique that you may get is like, hey, you're wicked stiff in there. Um, you may want to loosen up. Um, so these, and these are all ways to uh, uh, get your moderation better. And just to be really specific, 
is this critique given by someone who might have just been observing and they took some notes or are uh, the coach and, and facilitator like co-watching a recording back to get like, yeah, just curious, like what are, what are the mechanics? Yeah, that ideally you have a mentor, right? You have a, a manager who can either watch live or watch the video with you and provide that critique. Uh, failing that, coworkers, so either coworkers who have research experience or even, you know, people who don't have research experience and getting back to those expectations of like, all right, and the goals, right? Did this meet your goals? Were there ways that you think I could have better achieved those goals? Uh, was there anything that I did or didn't do during the, the session that you found frustrating? Uh, and understand because the, our client is always the designer and the stakeholders, you know, they are our clients and we want to make sure that we're doing this right for them. So by learning what they expect, we can get better at it, I think. Cool. You mentioned uh, keeping the sessions on track. I know usually, right, we want to, we want to get through all the, the, the questions we want to ask. Are there examples of times where you choose to go off track or that you let things go in a different direction and, and, and how do you make that, that choice in the moment? Every time. Um, because we've, again, we've done that upfront work, uh, research and we know not just the goals that we're getting at, but like the sphere of things around those goals. And so, as I said, we want this to be a conversation. We're not answering, we're not asking these questions rote from the, the user interview guide. We're facilitating a conversation. And so, yeah, there may be, there are often opportunities to go off track and to probe a little bit, especially if you start to see some trends uh, across participants and you know that a question, you didn't have a question about X in your, in your mod guide. And then, you know, the first two participants start going down that path. Yeah, you're going to add a question in situ every time now to go down that path. You can learn how to do better research during your research sessions, and you should be aware of that. That's actually going back to the moderation point, being aware of the questions that you need to add or remove from your research. You always add and remove, uh, at least in qualitative research, um, because you learn the question doesn't work. It'd be stupid to ask it of all the questions, all the participants, or this question that we didn't think of is really important. Now I'm going to ask it of everyone. So it's that malleability and also being able to be malleable uh, is, is super important. Cool. I want to ask about the book. It's quite an achievement. You you put together, you wrote a chapter, you put together this book, 97 Things with 96 other authors. What, what was the impetus for doing that? And what was that experience like both as an author and contributor, but also in, in wrangling this, this kind of project? Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of experience doing the UXPA Boston conference. So I've been wrangling those submissions and speakers for, I don't know, like eight years now. And when I, when I was approached to take on this project, uh, so I was approached to take on this project. Um, and um, it was a perfect fit because I'm like, all right, it's like the conference times three, no problem. Um, and I had experience with a submission process of, of wrangling the UX cats. And I, I enjoy it um, because, because our community is so awesome and understanding and giving. Uh, usually wrangling UXers is a wonderful thing because everyone's just like, okay, you know, going with the flow and understand that, you know, crap happens and, and so forth. Um, 
And so, and so, yeah, just taking the conference experience and um, taking the content that was there, bringing in submissions. So I, I didn't want this to be a book of people I knew, right? Uh, very important to get out of my uh, professional circle. So that's why I had a submission process. I wanted to get these in. Uh, my grand scheme was to do a review process like we do for the conference, but that proved to be a little much. Um, and I, I read through and had my own review process. Uh, and took it from there, um, figuring out what the, the sections should be. You know, those are the five sections are career, design, content, um, research. Career, content, design, and research. Yeah, that's it. Uh, oh, and strategy. I knew there's a fifth one, strategy. Um, figuring out where the patterns of the submissions were so we can come to those higher level topics uh, and seeing where the holes needed to be filled. Um, all right, we didn't have um, enough on IA, for example, on information architecture. Let's get let's get someone doing that. So that's that's where it all came from, um, and it was such a pleasure doing it because UXers are awesome, and they just want UXers who are thought leaders and who want to get the word out. Will we will help to do that, and so that's why working with all the other ninety six people was so wonderful, and we made it happen. Um, it was it was one of the, some of the most fun I've ever had. Oh, that's, that's great to hear. I, I can't imagine it was easy, though. You say, like, the conference times three, and I've done I, – I haven't been involved at, at the level that you have, but I've been track chair for some events. It's a lot of work. It is. Um, what was the hard. hardest part about about the book, either the thing you knew that it was going to be hard or maybe something that, that was unexpectedly challenging? I think that was unexpectedly challenging and it's almost it's, it's 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 entirely my own fault is that as i was doing some editing i realized that some of the chapters i accepted shouldn't have been um and whether there was an overlap in topic or it wasn't quite what i expected or i don't know it wasn't what i grokked the first time around because you know reading through 96 things takes a long time and i tried to do it twice and and you know, sometimes the third time around, it's like, wait a second. No. Oh, no. Um, and but people were very gracious. And uh, in terms of, you know, because I, I, I had to give that message. Right. Um, and so that was tough. Um, beyond that, I guess just the, you know, just editing and, and some of the back and forth. People were very good about the back and forth in terms of, you know, maybe things I thought should be added or removed. Um, I loved that people challenged me in a lot of them and opened my um, eyes a little bit, a lot in, 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 in this. I learned so much in, in doing this. So, so yeah, that was, that's what it was all about. Well, you're leading right into my next question, which was going to be, what did you learn from this? Either from the experience of putting the book together or maybe more interestingly, was there anything about the content of other writers that you found particularly evocative or novel or inspirational? I mean, there are so many, right? Because I'm a researcher, so I don't know squat about like, you know, deep design stuff um, or even, you know, content, right? You know, I'm an okay writer, but, you know, there's content strategy and there's a lot to be learned there. Um, I think one of the biggest, the biggest learning is, or it wasn't even a learning, it was just a confirmation of just how awesome, I keep saying it, but I really do mean of how awesome UXers are, of how just what a joy it was to work with everyone. Um, so that was just a, you know, not a learning, but a confirmation. Sorry, what, what did I learn? Um, I mean, I love uh, Kathy Kaiser's um, chapter where she talks about the behaviors to look out for uh, for information architecture problems. So uh, driving in circles on a website or um, clicking the same link 
you know, that's on the page that you're on, that sort of thing. Um, you know, everything and everything was in here was uh, thought uh, we, we tried to make it as practical as po possible. Um, wanted takeaways from every chapter that people can apply to their job. That was also a challenge, but a fun challenge. You know, how do we do that? Um, what are some other things that, uh, you know, the, the sketching being wrong on purpose? I loved being wrong on purpose because I, I, I eschew perfectionism. I think everyone should eschew perfectionism. Um, and in design, we sometimes strive for perfectionism and it's just not achievable. Uh, and having someone say that in the book was just, a, was awesome. I was, uh, happy to see that design systems uh I, you know i'm a as, as a researcher i don't know much about them so it was nice to learn about that so it was it was great and i had people review the book right um other people who i trusted it wasn't just me reading through and because you know again what do i know about design systems so i had a couple of other people uh read through and uh, to you know make sure everything was on track and it was and so all that learning working with everyone was just so much fun so is this something you'll likely do again, or is this a good to have done it moving on? I, I do it again in a heartbeat. Um, well, and, and the podcast is a good example of that. So I actually started a podcast based on this book. You know, I have 97 chapters here. So that's like two years worth of content. So I, I'm happy to continue doing this stuff. Um, and there, there's, there's definitely another 97 things that we can figure out that people need to know because UX has such good content. So hopefully this book does well and we can do a V2 and I'd be happy to do it. 97 part two. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned that you, you took proposals for the different chapters. And I know, again, you've, as you said, you've been involved with UXPA Boston, a massive conference at this point. Um, Conference speaking is a great learning opportunity for, well, I think really for anyone, but especially as people are coming up in their careers, being able to totally. get in front of a group and articulate something that they've learned. As, as someone who's done a lot with proposals, what do you look for um, in terms of a, what makes a great proposal, maybe especially from someone who doesn't have a reputation in the industry? Yeah. Um... Tell me what you did and tell me what the results were and tell me how it can, other people can apply it. That's the key is you got to make it actionable. Just like your user, user experience reports, just like your, your, your research reports, presentations need to be actionable for their audience, for the audience. If it's just you talking about what you did and just the results, okay, that's interesting, but how do I do it? And that's the thing that you got to look out for. That's what reviewers look out for. That's what I was looking out for in the book is like, all right, can you tell me, and succinctly, can you do this succinctly, right? I uh, see a lot of proposals that kind of circle around the topic and like never really hit the dot in the middle. Um, see that a lot. So you have to, you know, review your proposals to see, are they, are they to the point? Are they succinct? Because reviewers will pick up on that. It's like, all right, if they can't be succinct in the, uh, the proposal, they're not going to do it in the presentation itself. Um, yeah, the actionableness, um, it's not like long flowing power. I mean, it, it, this is, I'm, I'm talking purely from UXP of Boston experience. Other conferences may have other uh, requirements and types of submissions, but we like short and sweet, right? And if it's these long paragraphs trying to describe something, then may not quite do it. Mm. And once something has been accepted, uh, again, you sat through a lot of conference presentations, what are some of the things that differentiate uh, an effective presenter from a less pre effective presenter? Mm, good question. Um, not reading slides, 
Um, that's, there's the first thing. And, you know, there's, there's the debate on whether you should have words on slides or not. I like words on slides. People should be able to read. But engaging with the audience, um, you know, as, as you can see, I like talking with my hands and I like uh, expressing myself and, and um, you know, doing it that way. And, and that the audience picks up on that. So being engaged with what you're talking about goes a long way. If you're just star- standing there at the podium, you know, trying to get through it, I mean, okay, everyone, you know, maybe that's your first time and that's cool, uh, but take some critique on that and because you want to be, uh, again, just active and, and on it. Um, if it's a two-person presentation, don't go back and forth between presenters like crazy because uh, that's extremely distracting. You want to break it up 50-50 if you can. Um, and just having an engaging presentation, again, just talking at the audience isn't what you want to do. You want to... You want to know that you're engaging the audience and look in the look into the audience to see how much eye contact you have and nodding and and such because then you know you're engaging with folks. Hmm. So when you say engaging, you mean eye contact. You're not we're not talking about the everyone raise your hand when I ask you a question that's obvious to everyone. No, exactly. <laughs> no, one likes that. no, it's 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 how how many people are looking up, um, and that's just it. And, and that's another thing. If you're looking all around, I got I know people get stage fright, and that's cool. But like you want to be looking at the the people that you're talking to. Um, and that goes a long way as well. So it's uncomfortable at first and everything that I'm talking about is uncomfortable at first, but we work through it. We get critique from mentors and, and other people and, and then we do better. So if there is one thing you'd like to see different in how UX is being practiced, what, what would you change about where we are at this moment in time? Oof. More research. I mean, I'm, of course, I'm going to say that because research is the first thing. And they should hire from you, budgets, right? It's the yeah, easiest. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what everyone should do. What's the one thing that UX can do? Boy, we need to we need to figure out how to, this is this maybe quasi-controversial, but we need to figure out how to get along with the CX folks. Um, there's this... CX customer experience is was is more on the marketing side of things. It was born out of uh, business process management, and, you know, process innovation, and um, it's almost like we're at odds. UX and CX are sometimes at odds, even though we're talking about the same thing. There are some folks who say that CX, UX is part of CX, or some or some folks feel that UX and CX are the same exact thing. So that whole dynamic. I think needs to get worked out uh, because marketing uh, CX comes from marketing and marketing has the budget and mar- marketing has always been, you know, the person who gets what the, the, the company, the, the, the departments that get what they want. UX is still fighting for uh, their seat at the table. So that whole dynamic uh, needs to get worked out somehow. I don't have a good answer there. No, it's, I mean, that touches on one of my pet peeves, which is how many times we've changed what we call ourselves over the years and the confusion that, 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 that leads to. Right. Right. Um, yeah, from usability profile. I mean, the UPA made the change to UXPA. Um, you know, are we are we designers who are researchers? Are we researchers who design? Yeah, I think again, maybe research has been a part of my practice, not not as specialized uh, as you are, but I think like uh, it was CHI and then HCI and then UX or UI, UE, UX, uh, CX, like. Human factors. Human factors. That was probably the original term. Yeah. Going back to hardware. Um, right, right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a confusing ride as we 
It has. Uh, and who's doing what, right? Um, you know, the, we and uh, we tend to rely on qualitative. You know, where's the quantitative come in? Uh, how can and this is where mixed methods come in. So that's the answer, actually, is to, to harmonize between the two. It's really the mix of qualitative and quantitative because I know CX tends to be a little bit more quantitative. That's great; it gives us that high level picture. The qual that we get in UX tends to dig deeper with why, right? During those one-on-one interviews, we can ask why. Um, so there is a, a way to get that harmony. Um, but it's just a matter of, of, of both coming to the table. I don't get it. I think that's a great answer. Maybe that. one more, one more question, then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let you go. As you look back on your career and your growth, is there anything, any advice you would offer to uh, researchers who are, either just starting out or maybe earlier in their career, anything you wish that you would have known or someone would have said to you as you were, as you were coming up? I'll convey what I, what someone did said, say to me yeah. early on. Um, and, and I have said it a few times in this podcast is that focus on results. Um, you need to focus on what you did Tell the story of what you did and focus and tell your story in terms of the results that you achieved. Um, I, hopefully you have that answer, right? Sometimes when you work for an agency, you know, you don't know what happens because, you know, the client goes off and do, does things and, you know, you don't know. Um, but you can still tell your stories in terms of the results. You know, we, we had these goals. We achieved these results by learning the insights needed for those goals. Um, if you keep your, and this is something I would say is like, you know, researcher, I, again, somebody, the unpopular opinion is that researchers don't need uh, a portfolio. Um, just tell me a story about, or the stories about the research that you did, how you did it and the results and how that helps your team. That's, that's what's really, well, so I got I got to follow up on that. Should that, is that okay to be a verbal story or would you expect someone to have like a, a written case study yeah. or some other artifact? That conveys. Oh, no. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> reading. I'm not reading in an interview, right? Um, I mean, maybe I'll read beforehand, but um, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm talking in hyperbole, of course, right? Um, of course, I'll read things that people send me, but you know, the goal is to nail it in that interview, right? And especially because in research, moderation is so important, right? You know, if if we can't have a conversation, if there isn't. Um, you know, a certain level of emotional intelligence shown where you can tell that story, um, you know, that's that's what's really important. So I want to be able to hear you tell that story with the results. So I prefer verbally. You know, written's great. You can write fine. So that makes a lot of sense. You're looking for some of those same facilitation skills. You're looking for someone to demonstrate that in the interview, and that gives you the confidence that they'll be able to do it with a participant. So stepping back... What are you looking for on someone's resume or on an application when you're about to hire someone that make that that ma- makes you call them in for that next step that encourages you to have that first conversation? Sure, um, experience moderating qualitative research and doing qualitative research analysis, um, and and. Again, in the resume, the, the same thing applies. Results. Tell me about the result, what you did uh, in one bullet line as best as possible. Tell me what you did and the results that you achieved. Um, built a team with you know, high, high ROI. Great. 
um, moderated 95 interviews and, you know, resulting in 45 successful sure. projects. I don't know, I'm making stuff up now, but get the results in your resume. Um, and the thing, you know, for, for UX research, I look for qualitative data analysis. That's the real key. Not everyone has that, um, that background and being able to read through huge amounts of notes, being able to pull out the insights and, um, keep the threads together in your mind in order to categorize and recategorize because that's what we do during analysis i want to know that someone can do that i want i want to i want someone to take me through their process and hopefully it aligns with the same way that i think cool well dan i really appreciate you uh, joining me today again this has been dan berlin the founder and principal of watch city research and an editor and the editor and then also an author in 97 things every ux practitioner should know dan thank you so much for being here we will have uh, links to some of the things that came up at the show notes at uh, suxsucks.live. That's SUX for Saving UX. Uh, you can also find other episodes there. You can sign up for our emailing list. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And once again, just want to thank Dan Berlin for, for joining me today. Dan, it was a pleasure. Yeah, likewise. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, Jeremy.